Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. now. All right. So I wanted to tell you a little story. When I was a, a young girl, I used to go to the toilet in the middle of the night as young as kids do um, most nights. I think I might have drunk too much water before I go to bed kind of thing. Because anyway, I just remember that I used to constantly go to the toilet in the middle of the night. And I would walk to the toilet in the dark. So I, would, um, I wouldn't turn any lights on. I'm not really sure to this day why, um, because I was scared of the dark. So because I was scared of the dark, I used to close my eyes and walk to the toilet in the dark with my eyes closed. And I just knew my house so well. Like I knew that I had to walk down the hallway. And then when I got to the end of the hallway, I'd walk through a door. When I got to the door, I would um, get to a table. When I got to the table, I had to turn to the right, take a few steps that way. And then I turned to the left and then I walked straight ahead and I'd come to another door and then I would turn to the right and there was a toilet, right? So I, knew, I still to this day can remember how to get there and in, in the dark with my eyes closed. And one day I was, I was walking back out of the toilet and you know when your eyes are closed and then someone turns the light on and there's this purple light behind your eyes? I saw this purple light and I was like, oh no. And I opened my eyes and there's my mum standing there with a cricket bat ready to beat me <laughs> because she thought that I was an intruder. So I learned that it's way better to keep my eyes open and wherever possible, leave the lights on, friends. (laughs) So today we're looking at a verse in what is actually the biggest chapter in in the scriptures. It's the largest psalm in the Bible. It's Psalm 119. It was probably written by King David, um, but we're not 100% sure it could have been written by Ezra. It could have been written um, by Daniel. But what we do know is the person that suffered, the person who wrote this suffered persecution because they understood how important the Word of God is and the need to hold firm to what the Word of God says. And ultimately, you see throughout the Scriptures, throughout the Psalms, and especially throughout Psalm 119, I'm back on, that the writer knows the Word of God intimately and it shapes their whole life. So today we're going to focus on one of the verses in 100, Psalm 119. So I, um, I can't read the whole 119 because it's just too long. So we're going to focus on verse 105. It's all right, Troy. You just go back to this one, mate. That's fine. Which is now not on. No, it is. Okay. All right. Oh, my goodness. Last time I preached, I got a bit bit heckled, so I'm just kind of waiting for you guys. Anyway, so, um, okay, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Short and sweet tonight. Now, this section of the psalm is actually the 14th section of an acrostic poem of, of the Hebrew alphabet. So this section 14 is at the, the start of the line of this section 14 is actually the Hebrew letter Num, right? So if you were to read it in Hebrew, you would find that. I can't read in Hebrew, unfortunately. I would love to be able to, um, but that's, that's how it is set out. Now, this verse in particular is really special to me. Um, it's really special because when we started Encounter, 
Um, it was one of the, it was the verse actually that God gave me. Now, many of you may not have known this, but we, um, so this is, for, if you're brand new here, you know, been here before, this is a church plant. Uh, although I'm getting, I think we're getting a bit old to still call it a church plant. We're now in four and a half years or whatever. Um, but we started as a church plant. And when God told us to start Encounter, you can imagine that Mike and I were pretty freaked out. The idea of starting a church from scratch scared us to no end. And we were, we were nervous and we didn't want to mess it up. And so we decided that we would flow, throw out some fleeces. And so if you don't know what, a, what a, the idea where the fleece comes from, um, so in Judges, Gideon, uh, he throws out some fleeces to God because he's really scared that his army isn't going to win this war. And so he says to God, um, if you make this uh, fleece wool wet and everything around it dry, I'll know that this is actually you speaking. And then God does that for him. And then he says, okay, well, that's good. But like, just to make sure it's you, I'm going to throw out another fleece. And this time I want it to be dry and everything around it to be wet. And then that happened. He was like, okay, God. I think I can trust you. Now, I wouldn't recommend um, testing God. That's not what we're meant to do. But I think in, in, when we started Encounter, we were a little bit afraid. Now, uh, maybe our faith was just probably on the weaker side. And so we threw out some fleeces and God, um, and God just met us with each and every single one of them. And it got to the point that I felt like God was like, okay, Jen, that's enough. You have your answer. Now go and do what I've called you to do. And we're like, okay. And he said to me, he said, do you trust me? And I said, yes, God, I trust you. With shaking hands, I trust you. And then he dropped this scripture into my mind. Your word is a lamp unto my path. And from the, as the years have gone on, we have held on to that. When we preach, when we make decisions, when we decide um, how we're going to do things in Encounter Church, we, we need to make sure that it is founded on the Word of God, that God is guiding us through His Word. Now, I believe that God guides us. I believe God guides you, and I believe He guides us through Scripture, but only if we read it, hey? So when we live in the Scripture, it absolutely changes our lives. I want to read a little bit more through Psalm 119. We're going to read from 106 to 112. So it goes on after it talks about being a light into my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I had suffered much. Persevere my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praises of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statues are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Do you know, in, uh, in, the, Jew, in the traditional Jewish days, um, back when the Old Testament was written, the Jewish children, or particularly the, the, the boys, would go off to their school, just like we do, around the age of six. And do you know, by the age of 10, they were expected to have learnt, and I don't mean just to know it, but to memorise the first five books of the Bible. That includes Leviticus, guys. That's a lot. So we can... We can we can say that the people that were writing these scriptures, the people that were, that either whether it was King David or someone else who wrote this, this psalm, he would have known the word of God, all right? He would have known it so much in his head. He would have understood it. He would, it would have been right there. 
But one of the things that this, this gets me in the end of this psalm here where it says, my heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. That last verse is not about head, it's about heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. I know everything in my head. I, he would have said, I know it all. I know how to live according to this. But when my heart is set on something, that's when you actually do it, right? And so what the psalmist is saying is that actually I live according to God's word because I know it in my heart, not just in my head. And I think sometimes we think about the word of God as something that we should do. And I don't know about you, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but one of the things I hate is the word should. So if you've walked with me for a little while, you know that. If you say the word should, I'm like, oh, don't say that. Do you need to do something or do you want to do it? They're the two things that I'll allow you to say. But to say I should do something actually rubs me out the wrong way. And for some of us, and I, I know I have done this plenty of times where I've said I should read my Bible. It's something that we as Christians should do. But I always go as far as saying that we actually need to read our Bible. That it's, it's not just something that we should do, but it's actually something that we need. It's what's going to give you hope in dark times. We all need the light, and we're going to talk about the light in a moment. But I just want to say something about our natural light, the sun, for a moment. Do you know, well, I don't know about you, but if it was pitch black in here, I would probably fall off this in advance. Thank goodness for skylights. I would. I've tripped over. I've tripped over many things. One time on Christmas Day, actually, I was wearing heels and a dress and I tripped over a speaker as I stepped down. That was another funny story, but anyway, not to do with this. So if it's dark, it's really hard, right, to see. Now, do you know that if the sun blew up, it would take about nine minutes for us to be in complete darkness? Complete darkness. Because there's no moon, like if there's no moon, if there's no sun. And then if that all that went, it would take about two weeks for us for it to get so cold that most of us would die. Now, if some of us were able to rug up and stay warm, we, and some of us could, we could stay warm enough, um, it would take about a year for the water to freeze over, all right? And then it would take about a year or so, for, and we don't know exactly because it hasn't happened, <laughs> but for the atmosphere to have, um, would have also frozen over and fallen to earth. So that means that we would leave anyone alive exposed to harsh cosmic radiation that travels through space. So you're getting the idea. We need light to survive. All right? We need light to survive. So if God tells us that we need light, and it tells us in this word that the scripture is the light unto my feet, it makes sense that we need scripture. What would it, I wonder what it would change if we went from should to need to want. I wonder what that would do to our lives. In John 8, 12, it tells us, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. So Jesus here is saying that he is the light of life. Not sun, not food, not water, but Jesus is the light that we need. But how do we know Jesus? How do we walk in this light? Well, one of the blessings we have is scripture to light up our path. So God lights up our path through scripture. And since this series is all about light, I'd like to use some examples of how God can light up our path tonight. So I've got a little box of tricks down here. 
Oh, which I'm going to get. Maybe Eric can help me in a second. Oh. This is why I needed the, um, oh no, it's okay. I'll work it out. <laughs> I won't light up my hair. So this is why I needed the headset today, but that's fine. So there are lots of different lights, right? The first one I want to talk about is a match. A match is a quick light. It's not meant to last all that long. See if I can make it last longer than that. It's not meant to last that long. A match is actually designed to light something else, right? And sometimes the scriptures can act like a match in our life. It can start to light up something bigger. The past few weeks, I've been using my YouVersion app and I've been really encouraged by the verse of the day. So in the morning, I've opened up my scriptures. I'm not a morning person. Um, maybe you are. But for me, I open up the scriptures in the morning. And the, and the verse of the day has really spoken to me. It's really encouraged me. It's been, it's been like a match. All right? Something that's just set my, my day. It's just started my day. It's not the be all and end all. But it's been an encouragement, a start to my day. A burst of light like that is an encouragement to us. Sometimes when the light shines on a verse in Scripture, it can just really, really encourage us. But I want to encourage you that that verse of the day, that one verse that you read is actually meant to light up something else. Another kind of light that I love, Eric, can you grab me that down there, please? Thank you. Yep, because I shouldn't wear heels. All right. One of the other lights that I think God uses to teach us is a torch. I'll try not to shine any of you in the lights, in the eyes. A torch is great. It shows you more than a match, friends. You're all looking up there, so I'm going to point it down here. <laughs> it highlights the things that you need to see. So if I point this torch at the Bible, I can read about five or six chapters here. Sometimes it's like that when God lights up something small in Scripture. There might be four, five, six verses that He lights up that He wants you to read. And maybe it's an encouragement. Maybe it's guiding you in that moment for something that you actually need to hear. It's another light that lights up the Word of God and highlights part of Scripture. But you can't, you can't read via a torch for all that long. Your eyes will get sore. My daughter would beg to disagree as she reads um, a lot at night underneath her covers and thinks that I don't know it. <laughs> but most of you have a light like this, a lamp, something that you can sit under and read scripture. For many of you, perhaps you um, lay in bed at night or, or for those of you who are morning people in the morning and read your scripture using a light just like this. Now, this is important. It's important that we don't just use a match or we don't just use a torch, but we use something that we can sit under and that we can read the Word of God for periods of time. We need to sit under the Word. Perhaps you need to read whole chapters as you lay in bed or sit by your coffee table. We need to hear what God is saying to us through Scripture. 
And a bulb light like this or a lamp like this shines a light on the Word. So you can start to really learn Scripture and how it can affect your whole life. And so it's important. But there's only so long that you can read like this before your eyes start to get tired or perhaps you lay down and and you fall asleep. Sometimes we need to read Scripture like a floodlight. In a floodlight, there's no hiding. People don't like floodlights because it shows all our flaws. But I love a floodlight. I love it. I think it's so important that we read Scripture like a floodlight, that we actually learn to understand Scripture. What does it mean? What is God actually saying? For some of you, you've gone and you've done theological studies, and that's been awesome. You've been able to learn the Bible, you know, from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. For some of you, last year, you actually joined with us as we read the Bible in a year. And what you get when you allow God to put the floodlight on the Scriptures and for the Scriptures to actually teach you, when you read it, from front to back, or, or probably not like literally Genesis Revelations, but you might read it in parts using a Bible app or something like that. What it does is it opens up the truth of Scripture to you. It allows you to really learn and grow. So when God was talking about how the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet, what He was talking about is the whole Word of God. Now, I think I like to say to people, start where you're at. If you have never read the Bible before, I want to encourage you, download the YouVersion Bible app and start reading the verse of the day. Start reading some of their Bible studies. Get into the Word of God because a match light is really encouraging and we need those moments where we simply read the verse of the day and God encourages us. But I think more than that, we need to be very careful that we actually read the whole Bible for what it is. Okay, it's very easy when you read one verse of the day to do proof texting as some people do and say, oh, the Bible means this because I've read one verse in it. But actually, maybe God needs you to sit for a little while and learn the whole chapter. Or maybe he needs you to sit under the word for days, for weeks. I know some people who've done the Bible shred at the start of the year for 30 days. You read the whole Bible in a day. Harry's looking at me like, that sounds great. Um, (laughs) He'll be doing that in January, I bet. And that that is awesome. But there are lots of different ways that God lights up our lights through Scripture. And I want to encourage you, start where you're at. But if you want to know the light of Christ and you want to know how His light lights up your path, you need to be in Scripture, whatever that is. Now, one of the things I want to address is that I know as a pastor that I stand up here and sound like a broken record. I am aware that every pastor that's ever stood on any platform at any church has said to you, please read your Bible. I understand that. But friends, it is so important. It's so important if you want to know the light of God in your life that you actually need to open up your scriptures. And as the psalmist said in verse 12, that it is so important that we understand it with our heart as well, that we get our heart in the right place. Because God wants you to not just feel like you should read the Scriptures, but He wants you to want to read the Scriptures. He wants it to transform your life. We rush around from this event to this event to this event, but actually God's saying, hey, why don't you sit with me and read the Scriptures and watch how I transform your life through the Word of God. John 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. 
In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Ultimately, in John 1, we hear the words that Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word become flesh. So if you want to know the light that the psalmist is talking about, then we have to know Jesus. Jesus is a lamp unto our path. The lights I showed you light up God's Word, absolutely. But Jesus is the Word. He is the Word made flesh. You know, in these days, I feel like after a couple of years of going through turmoil for some of us and, and, and having all these things happen, that we actually are desperately looking for someone to guide us. We are desperately looking for someone to come alongside us and walk with us, to encourage us, to uplift us. And let me tell you, friends, that's exactly what God is saying that Jesus is for you, that he is your guide. He says that the, he, when he talks about in, in, in verse 105, that his word is a lamp unto our feet. He's talking about Jesus. Is a, is a, is, because let me tell you, friends, everything in the Bible points back to Jesus. So God is most definitely in Psalm 119 talking about the word, as in the word of God, absolutely. But who is the word made flesh? It's Jesus. It all points back to Jesus. And if you want to look, if you want to look like Jesus, then can I encourage you, spend time with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Get to know Jesus. Because when we get to know Jesus, we actually then have the opportunity to shine out His light to others. And in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Your job when you get to know Jesus is actually to glorify the Father in heaven. And do you know that right now, the world needs you to be full of light? It needs you to be full of light. The people around you, your friends, your neighbours, those who are in your world need you to be full of light. And I have a question for you tonight, a question I ask myself all the time, am I full of light? If not, if you want to say no, actually, I just, you know what, this has actually been a really hard time for me then I don't feel full of light. Can I encourage you to spend more time with Jesus, letting him fill you and guide you? The Bible should guide us as we read it in the ways of Jesus to look more like Jesus. Maybe you have so many questions about this Jesus person that I'm talking about. You know, and it's awesome to come here and to listen and sing and and to listen to the word of God proclaimed, but there is nothing And there is no substitute to reading the Word of God. Now, I would love to spend ages teaching you how to read the Word of God. But cool fact, in a couple of weeks, we're going to head into a new series called Hey Google. (laughs) And we're going to teach you how to read the Bible. And we're going to teach you how to pray. And it's going to be awesome. And there's some exciting stuff happening um, around that. So I'm not going to go into how we read the Word exactly. But I encourage you to start. 
Now, maybe you're in this room and you think, Jen, I have heard this a billion times. I am in the Word of God. The Word of God lights up my life. That is awesome. That is so good. So who are you reading the Bible with? Who are you encouraging in the Word? If you know the Word, if you live it out, then other people should be encouraged by the Word of God through you. God's name should be glorified. So I want to encourage you, if you are living in the Word of God and it lights up your life, I want to encourage you that that is amazing. Please continue to keep pressing into Jesus. Keep letting Him light up your life and then show others that light. We need to read the Word to know Jesus. And when we know Jesus, we want to read the Word. The Scripture is so powerful. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet. No matter how or when or or how much you read it, it will change your life. If you are sitting here thinking, I need hope. I need light. Then let me lead you to the one who is all light. Who fills us, guides us and sets us free. There is no light like Jesus. And if I'm honest, friends, there's no hope without Jesus. Tomorrow you're going to wake up and... Probably have forgotten most of what I say, but I want to challenge you that you shouldn't just read your Bible because it's something Christians should do. You should read your Bible because it's something everyone needs to do. Jesus is the hope of the world, friends. He is the light in the darkness. So as you read the Word, let God shine a light on your path that leads you to Him. The Bible is the one place we know we are hearing from God. And as we finish up in this series of light years, my prayer is that the next year is the best year. Now, if you've been in Encounter, you would have heard us say that before. And it's not because we want next year everything to go right in your life next year or tomorrow or next week. But what we want is for you to encounter Jesus and to grow that little bit closer to Him tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. And that, my friends, is what brings us to the best year. So maybe you've been living in darkness and doing things how you think they should be rather than what actually the Scripture says. Can I encourage you today? We're going to worship in a moment. And maybe you need to come to a time of repentance of going, God, you know what? I have actually been following my own way and not being in your word, not reading your word. One of the things I love about God is he asks us to come and to lay at the foot of the cross, not so that we can feel condemned, so that we can actually be set free. All right? That's the truth of the gospel. My prayer for you is that as you let the light of God, God's word transform your life, that you actually want to read the word that brings light to your path. Because this is the light unto your path. Not me, not Mike, not this amazing worship team, not even the words that are in some of the songs. Some of them are really scriptural, so that's great. A lot of them are actually. All All of ours are. They all are, guys. Well done. 
But this is what transforms your life, friends. So can I encourage you this week? I know this is a simple message. I know you've heard it before. But what will transform your life is the Word of God. So I encourage you to get into it. I've been reading the Bible with a friend lately. And I've been really encouraged because the things that she brings out of it is so exciting. And so I want to encourage you, maybe... You're here and you actually, what you actually need to do is your action point out of this is actually find someone that you can read the Bible with. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a new Christian, maybe it's someone who doesn't know Jesus. But maybe that's what you need to do. Or maybe when you get home, you need to think, God, how do you want to speak to me today? How am I going to sit in the light of God today? Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.